Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen and amen. Amen? All right, you ready for the Word today? Man, that was an awesome praise and worship, wasn't it? Wasn't that awesome? Praise and worship. Got the stage looking all Christmassy, got a Christmas sweater, amen, we're, we're Christmassy, amen? Uh, Once you stand with your Bible today and open it up and go to Isaiah, we're going to, we've been in a series called The Spirit of Christmas, we've been focusing on the works of the Holy Spirit, His involvement in the Christmas uh, story, as we call it, but I want to come a little different today with a different perspective, uh, with, the, with the Spirit of God, of course, but it's in Isaiah and uh, won't be real long today, but I know this is going to bless your heart and really help you in so many ways. So Isaiah uh, chapter 9, Old Testament, those that may, may be new uh, to your word of God, it's almost in the middle of your Bible. And uh, go to the left and you'll find Isaiah. He prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus would be born, uh, that he would be born in so many ways, and he fulfilled those prophecies. Here's one of the most famous ones in chapter 9, verse 6. Jesus, uh, or Isaiah says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Just look at that. We celebrate the birth of a child from our perspective, but from God's perspective, he was a son that was given. Just think of that. God is a giver. Everything God has gives. The, the sun gives light. The moon gives light. Everything God created gives. Life, life gives. Everything the enemy touches, he takes. He's a taker. He's a robber. He's a thief. He's a divider. He's a stealer. God is a giver. So if there's something you might have lost, it's not from God. It's from the evil one. Amen? Come on, that's just Bible teaching. God is a giver. He gave us his son. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called, I love it, he has so many, he's so good he can't be confined to one name. Here's four of them. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. Look at that. God's a God of justice. From that time forward, even forevermore. So when he sets up his kingdom, it's going to be a kingdom that will last forevermore. And it will be a righteous and a just kingdom. Come on, say amen to that. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want to focus on that last title, the Prince of Peace. But we're going to call it today, the Spirit of Truce. Spirit of Truce. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We just bless and honor your name. And open our hearts today. I pray, God, that you would bring peace today. If you need peace, you need to receive this word today. Peace to families. Father, the enemy has just really used this year like never before to divide so many of us, to hurt so many of us, to breed fear in so many of us. And now we're in this holiday Christmas season needing to gather with families, God, and there's so much pain and tension going on and hurt. And we're in isolation and fear of this, this virus, many are. And there's just, if we've ever needed peace, it's right now. Peace and reconciliation to families and to homes. 
right now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated today. The spirit of truce. Everybody say truce. You might have heard the spirit of truth, which is another adjective for the Holy Spirit. And he is uh, the spirit of truth, not of error. He brings truth. You can trust the truth. Pilate asked Jesus when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, he asked him that famous question, what is truth? And uh, Jesus, I know I want to say it, said, you can't handle the truth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of y'all was thinking that, I know. He basically said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my people would fight for it. But he looked and he said, I am the truth. Jesus is the truth. We got so many false narratives going on in our society and in our world today. But thank God that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he's also the spirit of truth. And this is where I'm going with today. Not only is the spirit of truth, but the Holy Spirit reconciles people. He reconciles us to God. He, he reconciles families. He brings families together. I don't know about you, but before I became a Christian, Christmas looked very different in my home, Melinda and I, in our house and in my life. Um, we would gather with family like everybody does traditionally, and I know this year's a little different, but we still are going to gather in some way, and, but we would go to my mom and dad's, and my dad's side, they were the Christian side, they, they predominantly all of them uh, were not only saved, but they were ministers, and, and so, uh, but we would still gather because there's some good food, come on somebody, you ain't going to pass up on that good food, and uh, we would, uh, I, I loved my family, and we loved hanging out with them, but, you know, that Jesus thing and, and all of that, I just, I believed in Jesus, but, you know, he just wasn't, I wasn't living for Jesus, and, and so it was kind of like, let's just eat this food, you know, uh, and get out of here. We got, we got something to do tonight. We got to have our own little party, you know, and have our own little things, and, and uh, for, for a long time, when we were dating especially, and uh, things like that, it was, ended up turn it into a disaster by the end of the night. It's just fighting and even the police being called. Amen. I mean, that's just where we come from. That's, that was our Christmas. Uh, and then when we had our daughters, you know, and, and uh, started to grow up a little bit, um, it wasn't as crazy, uh, but still it was, let's just be around mom and dad, be around the Christians, you know, and, and visit the family. And we still kind of did our own thing. And we, here's the thing. I, I did not understand the meaning of the season. I mean, I know it sounds like cliche, but I did not have the joy. I did not have peace. I did not have peace in my own heart. I did not have peace and joy in my own life. I had to do things that give me a temporary fulfillment. And, and, and it was still just, there was such an emptiness and such a con, uh, shame and a con condemnation and an unsettledness in my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And now 23 years we have celebrated Jesus and has, Christmas looks totally different in our family, looks totally different in our hearts. And what the main difference has been is because we have received the Prince of Peace. I mean, the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That's one of his titles, that when you get Jesus in your life, he does bring peace. He brings calm to the chaos. He just settles. He has a way of just settling your hearts down. And the enemy divides, but Christ unites. And that's what Christmas was all about. And that's what God was all about, sending his own son, Jesus. It was to call a truce with humanity. This is why every time an angel appeared in the Christmas story, as we call it, the first words out of the mouth of the angels were, fear not, don't be afraid, 
Because when you saw an angel, especially in the Old Testament days, he was coming to bring judgment. If you saw an angel, that means you're probably going to die. But the first words out of their mouth was to the shepherds or to Mary was, be of good cheer. We bring good news. We bring glad tidings. Don't be fearful. You don't got to be afraid of God. This is, he's, call, he's calling a truce. He's making a way to have a truce. In fact, in Luke, the angels say to the shepherds, um, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We always think that's like a shepherd and then the play, and we kind of skip right over that and get to the good stuff. No, no, listen. I mean, there was angels, and, and the Bible says a heavenly host, which we learned in that series of angels and demons, that those weren't all angels. It says angels and heavenly hosts with the angels. So there was a, a host of these beings from heaven uh, that were with the, uh, the angels and, and said this command that God wants to bring goodwill toward man and peace on the earth. Think of that. And this was big. This was, this was revolutionary news for them to see an angel and he bring good tidings and good news. Even Jesus, when he came in his ministry, he was the first one in the history of the world to introduce God as Father. Everybody looked at God as being this angry, you know, dictator in heaven that just, you know, is mean and mad at us all the time. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. In fact, when you receive Christ, the Prince of Peace, Paul wrote in the New Testament that, that we can also call him Abba, which means daddy. Come on, somebody. We can call him daddy. I mean, what's he saying? That he's not against us. He is for us. And if we've ever needed to hear this message today of reconciliation, it's today. We've had a pretty tough year. People have been chosen. You've been forced. All of us is almost like forced to pick a side. Pick a side with the, with the virus. To wear a mask or not to wear a mask? Oh, man. See that? Two, is it serious? Is it not? Is it conspiracy? I mean, have you had that in your house? I mean, have, we, have you dealt with, the, with having to pick a side on, on what you are with it? Is it true? Is it what of this? I mean, it's just, it's just something to, to divide us. If you made it through the COVID virus and it didn't divide your family or your friends, then over the summer we had, we had another uh, awful uh, with racial tensions, like the scab of racism was just ripped off and, and just all of this ugliness hit our country. How many remember that? I know this is Christmas, but you got, I got to give you a little context today. It kind of remind us that it was just, again, picking the sides. You know, you, you, people were saying, are you with Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter? Come on, somebody. You might remember that. I mean, it was almost like you didn't know what to say or what to say. We were, we were divided. And if that didn't get you... <laughs> If you made it through the virus, if you made it through the racial tensions, we had Donald J. Trump. Come on. And Joe Biden. Come on. We had, we had an election that was like no other election ever before. And so once again, it's like, oh, man, here we go. We've had a lot of reasons to be divided today. And here we are trying to gather for Christmas at the end of the year and I just want to remind you today that God is saying, hey, you don't need to pick a side in any of these issues. If you just choose me, I stand on the side of justice, of righteousness, of purity, of goodness, of holy. I am not against you. I am on your side. And if we would just embrace God and his kingdom, he first does that work within us. And then we then are supposed to be reconciling with one another in our friends and in our family. So. 
if you have been divided this summer over, and it may not have nothing to do with any of this, these issues, just you being locked up in the house for a couple of months was not good for your marriage. <laughs> it was not good for your children. You made it through all of that, Pastor Eddie. None of that got me. But these kids, I'm telling you, they cancel school one more year. I'm telling you, y'all, this is the time and the season for us to unite and to be reconciled to one another. What is a truce? A truce, the definition of it means actually an agreement between two enemies or opponents to stop fighting, either temporary or permanent, a ceasefire. This is some of us, this is how some of us start our Christmas holiday. Amen. <laughs> Come on, don't look at me. Some of you are like, yep. Some of y'all sitting right next to him. I know, amen. You're in the house, and I've got you so uncomfortable right now so far, amen. You need the peace of God. Come on, somebody. That's what a truce is. I want to share this, this story with you. It's, it's an amazing story, and I was reminded of it recently, and I had to go back and look it up, and this is just phenomenal what took place in our, not in our country, but in our world. It's called a Christmas truce. Over 100 years ago, we had one of the most difficult, divided, and violent times in world history. is World War I. It's between 1914 and 1918, these four years, 25 million people were killed or severely wounded. 25 million. Now, to put that into perspective, we hear about the coronavirus on a daily basis and the case counts and the deaths. One point, one and a half million people has died from COVID so far, according to the stats. Don't be divided. That's just a stat that they put out. Give you context. This war had 25 million over four years. So that's how many per year. I mean, just to give you an idea of how brutal World War I was. But out of that war came one of the most amazing stories of peace to have ever happened. It's called the Christmas Truce of 1914, and it made national news. It got national attention. What had happened was, is the Pope of that day, I think he's the Pope 15 or whatever, he um, suggested a hiatus from the war to let soldiers and people celebrate a time of Christmas. But the generals of both sides, Germany and Britain, they refused to uh, make an official ceasefire. They wanted them to keep on fighting. But something happened on that Christmas morning, 1914. Some of the soldiers, not all, but hundreds of them, in the trenches declared their own unofficial truce. And it was, it was the first light on Christmas Day what happened was that some of the soldier, the German soldiers actually emerged from their trenches and approached the battle line, crossed over into no man's land, and they're calling out Merry Christmas as they walked in the native, in, the, in British, Britain's native tongue. If you read the, the story, they describe it as it was a foggy Christmas morning, Christmas morning, and out of the fall came hundreds of these German soldiers but they had their hands up and they were saying, Merry Christmas, we come in peace. The British soldiers thought it was a trick, of course, but here it is. But seeing the Germans unarmed, seeing the Germans unarmed, this, this is a fascinating story. They also climbed out of their trenches 
and they shook hands with the enemies of their soldiers, of the soldiers. They began to celebrate and to eat with one another. This actually happened. And as weird and bizarre as it sounds, they actually allowed both sides to retrieve their dead. This happened. And they were given it's their own burial, and they sat down, and they were eating meals with one another. They even exchanged presents, cigarettes and plum pudding. And they sang Christmas carols. The Germans re is recorded to sing Silent Night, and the British, fir the first Noel, World War I. Some of the Germans even lit Christmas trees around their trenches. And there was even a good-natured game of football. Well, soccer. Football. <laughs> My Honduran friend says that's the real football. But anyway, amen. think about this. One of the German lieutenants recalled that day, and he said, How strange it was, but marvelously wonderful, that that Christmas, a true celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends. Not everyone participated in the truce. There were fightings going on and down the other side, both sides of the front lines. And the war continued. The generals began to punish those that spoke of a ceasefire. And the local newspapers and the national newspapers at first wouldn't write about it, but they were forced to write about it because the soldiers in the hospitals, the wounded ones, wouldn't stop talking about it. And word got out. But for these soldiers at this time, this moment in history, there was no war, there was no killing. It's like something inside of all of us really don't want to fight, really don't want to be hating against one another. What is that? God said, I will write my commandments on the heart of man. I will write them. It's called a conscience. That's why you, it's your instinct to want to help somebody when you see one. Only the, the enemy himself teaches us to be selfish. Only the enemy teaches us to hate one another because the way they look or where they were brought up or how they speak or how old they are. We got so many, I just want to remind us today that that is not from God. He is the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father the prince of peace there is even a statue that is erected to this day to commemorate the event what I love about this statue actually if you if you see it there it's hard to see from this angle but there is a gap between the two hands and it's purposely spaced apart so that passerbys and tourists will be invited to walk up and shake hands with the opposing Team. Whether you're German or from Europe, it can be symbolic to you and your family or friends or anyone else that's still to this day. That whole thing kind of reminds me of the gospel message and what Christmas is all about. The Bible says that Christ came to earth and he emptied himself. He emptied himself of his royalty, of his iron scepter, his crown. He didn't come with the armies of heaven. He didn't come and say, I'm about to declare war on humanity. They have spit in my face. They have committed abominations throughout time, ever since the fall in the garden. I've sent them prophets. I've sent them prophetesses and churches and, and Moses, and I've done all these great things for them, and they still refuse to follow me. I'm just going to bring my angels and knock them out, but he didn't. Your word starts out in the New Testament, that in the beginning was the word, 
Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, came into a manger, came into a smelly barn, came into a smelly barn, and was born in a feeding trough. Why? Because he's not afraid of our mess. He doesn't run away from our mess. He doesn't run away from our chaos, our divisions. No matter how dark your situation is, invite him in because he can bring calm to the chaos. He loves that stuff. He brings order to the chaos. But the angels came. On this day, we celebrate this week on Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God said, hey, the angels said, God called the truce. You don't have to fight against God no more. He's not your enemy and to demonstrate, I love the scripture, the Bible says, for God demonstrated his own love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We think Jesus about Christmas, and rightfully so, but as I pointed out to us, a child is born, also a son is given. That is God. That is God's will for us to unite and be together. I don't know who's watching this, what's going on in your life, what the visions you have, who you avoid, who you've got anxiety over right now because you're fearful that you're going to have to get with them this, this Christmas or whatever, and this year's just been whatever. You might have washed some people out of your life. I'm telling you, man, that doesn't come from God. The Spirit of God wants to call a truce in your life, and he wants to bring us together and have some reconciliation and some healing going on in your life and in your hearts and in your families. Scripture says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, what's all this have to do, Pastor Eddie? I love it. It wraps it up. All of this is from God, <laughs> who reconciled first us to himself through Christ in part two and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. All of you ha are in the ministry. Pastor Eddie, give me a title. Anoint me for ministry. You are anointed right now in Jesus' name. I don't know why I did that, but some of you maybe have made it more, made it more profound. Got some holy water if you want. <laughs> Jeez, help me, Lord. You've received a ministry. You've received a ministry. Well, I've got to go to school. I've got to go to seminary. No, you don't. Are you saved? Did you say Jesus to, yes to Jesus? Did you accept Christ? Yep. Then your next ministry is you take that Christ, and you now have a ministry to reconcile with one another. Yes. Am I reading that right? It says, you now have the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling to the world, the world to himself in Christ. Look at it. Not counting people's sins against them. <laughs> Just want to remind us, especially the church, because this is really what our calling is. It's amazing. Well, Pastor, you don't know, what, how, you don't know what's going on. There's so much that's going on. I don't know. If... The Germans and the British in World War I can put their weapons down and come out of their trenches. Please help us today, Jesus. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You got the ministry, the message also. What's the message that you've been reconciled with Christ? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. There you go. There's your title. There's our title. We are ambassadors. And I love this. As though God were pleading, were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Maybe you're here, you're watching, and you're, you need to be reconciled to God. 
He said, I implore you, receive God's truths. Come on, I don't care if you've, you've been in and out of church your whole life. I don't care if this is your 30th time being in Christmas. Again, before we got saved, I would go to church every Christmas and Easter. I mean, that was the thing to do. Plus, my dad was a pastor, amen. I would go. I had my daughters uh, up, um, dedicated in church and prayed over, and, and, and I had a, a knowledge of God, but, but there was no, I wasn't living for the Lord. And I remember as God began to work in my life, I'm thinking, God, you know, are you really going to forgive me this time? Because I've asked you to forgive me so many times, and I've played so many times church over the years, and, and God is saying, yeah, today's the day of salvation. Come, the truce is still open. It hasn't ended. We haven't taken a temporarily pause. Today's the day of salvation. Receive my gift. Amen? Yes. And maybe God saying that to somebody here today. So I'm going to give you all three points at once. This is a Christmas gift. <laughs> the reason why Jesus came, being the Prince of Peace, what does that mean? So that he can give us these three kinds of peace. Peace with God, the peace of God, and peace with others. That's what the Prince of Peace does when he comes into your life and into my life. First, got to start with the peace, of, peace with God. You know, the Bible calls us, before we get saved, calls us the enemies of the cross. We are the enemies of God. We are children of wrath. Well, I'm making you feel so good on Christmas Sunday. <laughs> Ephesians 2 says that. That we are called. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not an enemy to God. An enemy, I wrote this down. An enemy is anyone who opposes the presence or purposes of God. An enemy is anyone who opposes the, the principles, or I mean the presence and the purposes of God. That's an enemy of God. Some of you are going, man, that's not really not me. Before, you know, I got saved, or you know, I wasn't an enemy, or maybe right now I, I don't really consider myself an enemy. You know, it's Christmas, I kind of tuned in. You said something about peace, and I tuned in because I shared that on my Facebook, because I want people to watch this today and, and, and receive this, this Prince of Peace today. And so maybe you're sitting here saying, I don't really consider myself that much of an enemy of God. Let me tell you something, when you're, when you're in battle, there are many different kinds of enemies on the other side. There are those that shoot missiles at you, some that have the tanks and the rocket launchers and you know, they're, they're flying the, the rockets and everything at you. Those, those guys, those are the obvious missiles. Those are the obvious enemies that's against God. God, God is for the family, the nucleus, nuclear family and, 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 and the home and for godliness and righteousness and love and, and, and all of that. And we've got so many missiles coming against our values as the church and absolutely against righteousness and against truth. And, and, and those are obvious uh, enemies that we need to be praying for, but then you also have those that are not so subtle. You have those in the, on the enemy's line who aren't shooting missiles, but they're working on the tanks. They're, they're in communications. They're, they're running errands. They're help digging the trenches. I mean, you never see them. They don't have a title, but they're still all on the other side of the battle line. Jesus said this. We saw it a couple of weeks ago. You are either with me or you are against me. It's impossible to be neutral. And I got to be clear because some of us are so easily to just bury our conscience and the voice of the Holy Spirit with our religious practices. Even watching today, being here or whatever, we kind of think like we're doing okay, like I did for many years. And there was like, I, I hated, I was so sweaty and so afraid at church. We couldn't wait to get out of there. You know, and I'm like, I get in the car. 
all the way home, I'm like shaking. I remember the last couple of times I was trembling by simply being in the church. And some of you may be doing that right now. I'm just telling you what that is, is that's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, you don't have to be afraid. Just, just come on, accept my truths today. Accept my gift that I gave to you. I want to be friends. I want to be your father. I want to be your righteous king. But we just got it in our minds. I love Ephesians says it like this. We were enemies of God because of the ignorance that is in us and because our understanding of our hearts were blinded. So we were enemies of God, number one, because of the ignorance in us. Sometimes we, we really didn't know. We, we just didn't know. I didn't know serving God was this good, Connie. I didn't know because I thought, man, if I really serve God and really accept Jesus, I'm not going to be able to. We automatically go to that. I can't party. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's like the same mindset we get when we think about being married. Growing up in school, in high school, you know, everyone says, you get married, man. It's over. You know, this and that. You know, and you get the old ball and chain. We got all these things. The same thing. But, when, but when, you, when you find someone that you love. When a man. Okay, I just had to loosen some of y'all up because you're getting too serious right now. And for me, it was that March day. I just went right back to it in the, in the room filled with Aquanet hairspray. Come on, somebody. And then walked these four girls, and uh, they sat down on the couch, and my boys were on them like white on rice, man. They were like, what you doing? And they were talking, and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't plan on telling this story, but here we go. And I was like, okay. And then someone said, there's, there's, another, there's another one outside. And I remember I walked out the back door because my fellas were smart. So I went out the back door, I went around front, and there she was. I was like, hey, baby. <laughs> That's all I'm going to tell you, okay? <laughs> 28 years later, actually 30 years later, we're getting old, baby. Standing in church talking about this. First couple of years wasn't so good. Why? We didn't have the the peace of God. Number one, I had to have the peace with God in my heart. I had to make peace. Some of you, you, the Bible says the ways of a sinner is hard. Proverbs says that. The ways, the life of a sinner is hard. It's different from having a hard life to having some hard times in life. The difference is the Prince of Peace. It was amazing how my life turned upside down for the good, right side up. For Jesus when I accepted the Prince of Peace, little by little, because I went after God, by the way. You just don't say a prayer. No, you go after God. As I went after God, he began to give me part, the second thing, the peace of God. The peace of God, things, people would, would pay a million dollars for the peace. I can't even tell you how I have seen the peace of God more in this year than I have in my whole life. This year has been crazy. We have had some crazy things happen. All of us have been affected one way or another by this year in the things that have happened. But I can tell you this with all honesty, look right at you. There's been times when it was like fear and everything hit me, but I had this peace that the Bible describes that surpasseth all understanding will guard your mind and hearts. I had that. I have that. I'm telling you, you can get that when you accept Christ. Make it through anything. The peace of God helps you make decisions, big life decisions. Do I, do I move? Do I take that job? Do I go there? What do I want to do? I'm de- and this is why I always tell people the one thing you can tell the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always a gentle pull. 
If you feel pushed and pressured and hurried, that's man, that's the enemy, trying to make you hurry up and go. But the Holy Spirit, he's always in front of us, and he's always gently pulling us. Peter, you can come out of the boat. It is I. Come on. The Holy Spirit, that's why we are to be led by the Spirit. It's that, it's that gentle pull that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, you're not always going to be having some anxiousness with it. I mean, whenever you start a new job or you're in a relationship or, or, or you come to a new church, some of you watching online and you want, wanting to join the church and come, you're like, man, I want it. But sometimes pastor says some crazy things. <laughs> Amen. That might hit you, but it's the peace of God there. The peace of God is how you make decisions. The peace of God is what, should I be in this relationship? Should I go any further in this relationship? The Holy Spirit's saying no. Then we need to listen to him. It's the peace, peace of God. And finally, the peace with others. I've done talked about it enough, but it's, this is what the peace of God does, the Prince of Peace. He helps us make peace with others. I just showed you we have the ministry of reconciliation. Hebrews says it like this, pursue peace with your favorite people. Is that all people? They were copying off our core values. That's what he did, right? Pursue peace with Republicans. Democrats, independents, moderate, liberal. I mean, we got so many flavors. It's like, no, it says, make peace with the Germans, the British, all people. And God is saying, I want to make peace with you. I want to make peace with you. I want you to make peace with me. And then I want you to make peace with one another. You know, Rome was always going to, to battle. Rome was just always, they were notorious. They took over the world. They had these gates, and I'm going to close with this as a worship team makes their way up. told you it wasn't going to be long today. The uh, Romans were always in battle. And so they had these gates that whenever they would go to battle, the gates would be opened. And they were opened all the time. And it was to remind the citizens of Rome that they are in wartime. It also was a reminder that, hey, to the moms and dads that we didn't forget about your kids being out in battle. Do you know, this is a historical fact, it's not mentioned in the Bible, but it is in our history, that for the 30, there was a span of 34 years that, his, that Rome was never in a battle. Those 34 years was the entire life that a man named Jesus Christ was in Israel and in the Roman world. The only time. He's the prince. Come on, say it with me. Of peace. He's the prince of peace. Now, I'm not saying that we are to be passive when it comes fighting against principalities, wickedness, and evilness. No, we absolutely, you, keep, you put the whole armor of God, and you go against those that are attacking the values. Of, you go against what the enemy is doing, but we don't fight. It's not people. There are spirit behind people, and that's a totally different message. Today, I want to remind us that God is in heaven saying, hey, I'm calling a truce with humanity. I'm not mad at you. I want to make a way for you and I to be in fellowship with one another, and I want you to make fellowship with one another yourselves. Make peace. Won't you stand with me today on this Christmas service? And I want to ask you today, you just close your eyes and bow your heads right now. What is, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you in this message today? Who are you needing to make peace with today? You know, there have been many wars since then, and they tried to emulate what happened to the, with the Christmas truce of 1914. And... They've made it a decree that if anyone tries that, they will be shot. 
I love it. The religious person, the Pope, he called for a hiatus. He called for peace. The military authorities denied him that. It took the soldiers in the trenches. That's so much like the gospel. There are forces of evil that don't want people to get along. They want us to be divided. They, they want this thing to go on. And must, but I'm telling you, your father in heaven is not so, he's not like that. And this Christmas, he just told me to remind you that he is the Prince of Peace. <laughs> and he come to bring glad tidings, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. Sounds religious, don't it? It's not. We've made it into a religious play or a skit. I'm telling you. God wants that peace. He wants to make peace with you. He wants you to make peace with him. Quit running. You're staying up all night. You're convicted. You're, you're about to lose your mind. I'm telling you that a lot of that could be simply by having a, a, a conscience that is against God. Peace is a byproduct of clear conscience. Peace is a byproduct of a clear conscience. And the Bible says when you accept Christ, that he washes your conscience clean. He wants to do that right now. Some of you need peace with other people. You're saying, I, I, need to, I need to make friends. I need to reach out, come out of the trenches with my friends and my family. Go into this next year different than what we've been at. Well, this message is for you. He's given you the power to do that. Hallelujah. If you need to accept Christ in your, Lord, in your heart right now as your Lord and Savior, just bow your head right now at home or right here. And you need to invite the Prince of Peace into your life. You need to make peace with God. Simply ask God to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life. And you just mean it. That's all I can tell you. You just got to mean it with all of your heart. And it will work. You can lead, follow me. I'll lead us. Say, Heavenly Father, on this Christmas service, 2020, I realize I need your peace. And today, I receive you, the Prince of Peace, into my heart, into my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, come into my life. And from this day forward, help me to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I believe if you prayed that, whether here or online, you got saved. The peace of the Prince of Peace has come into your life. Now, if you're here and you're watching and you're needing some peace in your life, you got some issues going on in your family, just lift your hands up to the Lord right now. No one looking around. Just lift your hands up to the Lord. Say, I need the Prince of Peace. I need some reconciliation with me and my family. Maybe a close friend. This year has just torn us apart. And the enemy would love for us to go into 2021 with all of those pain and, and, and hurt so it turns into bitterness. I'm telling you, on this Christmas service, today's the day that he wants to bring healing and restoration and reconciliation. But he needs you to do it. He needs you to put down the weapons. He needs us to come out of our trenches and start saying, hey, I'm not going to fight with you no more. I'm going to offer you the peace, shalom, the peace of God. Father, right now, with every uplifted hand, either here or watching online, that needs the Prince of Peace into their family and into their life, I pray, oh God, you would manifest that. Father, restore families, restore cousins and, and uncles and parents and brothers and sisters. Reconciliation, that's what Christmas is, is all about, Lord. That's what we're reminded of, that you want to reconcile us with you and you did it through Christ. 
we are going to do it as well. We receive that ministry of reconciliation today. In Jesus' name. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.